Good morning. We have a wonderful day. Dedicate this class, our brothers and sisters in the Holy Land, especially those on the front line, all the so wounded, have a full and speedy recovery, all the hostages returning home safely. Okay, second line from the bottom, 55b, chapter 6 in Papa Kamas. It says in the Mishnah, the Mishnah says that if if you someone breaks down the wall that's containing the animals and as a result the animals go out and do damage so the one who broke the wall you can't be held liable in the court of law but in the hands of heaven Hashem will hold you responsible so the Gemara asks how is this? what are we talking about? if you're talking about that the wall was a solid wall and you broke down the wall, and as a result, the animal was able to escape and do damage. So, why, why can't we hold you responsible in the court of law? It's that you're directly responsible. At least for the wall. Okay, maybe the animal is indirect. But at least the wall, you, you broke a wall, a good wall. So, so what do you mean you're, you're exempt? There's, there's no payment. The law has nothing to do with you. The court has nothing to do with you, of course. Ella, rather, we continue in 56A, because the wall was anyway damaged wall. Anyway, it was, it was headed to demolition. So therefore, you didn't, you didn't harm, you didn't cause any harm to the owner. According to Braise, the Braise, the Braise, the Braise, the said, the four things that if you do it, you're exempt in a court of law, but Hashem will hold you responsible. One of them was, if you break the wall. So of course, we know already, it says in our Mishnah that you're exempt for paying for the damages that the animal, that the animal goes out and does damage. But, but at least you should pay for the walls. He says a wall is going to be demolished anyway, so therefore you didn't cause money. Maybe you did him a favor. <laughs> By taking it down, yeah, we did him a favor. <laughs> you spared him the expense. I'm a mother master, says Rabbi Yeshua. We learned the Brais HaKev, there's a fire. And then you push the stalks that it should meet the fire, and therefore and it catches on fire and is destroyed, so therefore you're exempt in the court of law. You'll be held responsible in Shemayim. Hey, Chedam, what are we talking about? Eilem, we're going to say, the Matilei, Beruach Metsuya, that once he bent the uh, stalks, so then a regular wind caused the fire to catch onto the stalk and burn down the whole stalk. Then you should even be able to be hauled in a court of law. Your fire didn't light the fire, but it's as if you caused the fire. Ella, rather, we're talking about the Matya, but it came as a result of a unusual wind. But had you not bent the stalks, it would never have reached, even, even with the unusual wind. So if I can't hold you responsible for the fire, because it was an unusual wind. Okay. Ravashi Omar, Ravashi says, Mominit. He says, Tom and it. We're talking about a case. When he saw there's a fire coming, he covered it up. We learned that whoever makes the fire doesn't have to pay for anything that's covered. But nevertheless, since you caused it to be covered after the fire was made, 
you cause it to be covered to exempt your friend from damage, mm-hmm. for her from paying, but you cause your friend damage that he can't get paid for his destruction. For the so in the hands of heaven, Hashem will hold you accountable. Hashem will hold you accountable because you without you. Without you, the stalk would have been, your friend would have paid for the stalk. Because you covered it up, now your friend can't claim his pay, can't claim his, his damage. Hashem will, so you caused him to, for this loss. Therefore, Hashem will hold you responsible. If you hire false witnesses, so in the court of law, you're exempt because, because you can't, if someone hires you to sin, you have no excuses. So it's the one who's it's the false witnesses. They have full responsibility. The mother says, "Hey, what are we talking about? He lame if you're going to say, Lin He hired someone to testify for himself, his own benefit, and as a result of the testimony, the court awarded him. Of course, he has to pay back the money. The whole, the whole money was taken. Claimed a false, a false premise." You should be able to take him in the court of law. The court, Elam, we're talking about Lechavre. He hired witnesses to testify for his friend. His friend received money. Therefore, he, he is exempt. You can't hold him responsible. He says that heaven will only hold you responsible if you hire the witnesses. Mm-hmm. If you just ask them to do it and they do it, you're not even even in heaven they won't hold you responsible. Why? Who's asking the witnesses to do it? Here you incentivize the witness, mm-hmm. so you're almost tempting them that they can't help themselves but sin and be false witnesses. So therefore, the Hashem will hold you responsible. But if you're just telling them to sin, why in the world should they sin just because you told them? Mm-hmm. They listen to Hashem. They have no reason to listen to you. You're not paying them. What benefit do they have? So you you're out of the picture. Hashem will hold you responsible. If you know you have you have you can testify for your friend for his benefit and you you don't, Hashem will hold you responsible. My skin might ask, what are we talking about? If you're gonna say debate today two witnesses that wouldn't testify. Sorry. You're gonna say debate today two witnesses who can testify and refuse to testify Pshita? Obviously. Obviously, in heaven, Hashem will hold them accountable. They're right, Biblically, they're obligated. It says, if you know testimony, you must testify. If you don't testify, Hashem will hold you responsible. It's a sin. Rather, the Chiddush is what he's talking about over here. One witness. One witness can't, can't obligate any financial obligation, but one witness can cause the defendant to force him to swear. And maybe that will co- coax the truth because he won't want to swear falsely. Mm-hmm. So because he refuses to testify and therefore the other person doesn't have to swear, so he's causing that damage. It's not direct damage, but in the hands of heaven. So it's not a sin. Mm-hmm. It's not a sin because anyway I can't help him really. My testimony doesn't carry any weight. But since, it's like indirect, since if you would have testified, you would have forced them to swear, maybe that would have caused them to confess or to tell the truth. And therefore, since you refuse to testify, Hashem will hold you accountable. Rabbi Shua could only think of these four examples that you're exempt from any any liability in the court. But Hashem will hold you responsible. I'll give you another example, another case. Five, five cases. 
Parentheses is five five cases in what is going to ask. The first one is Ha'isa. Ha'isa, and then Bissam, and Vashliach, and Chavede, and Nishmar. So the first one is we learn about Ha'isa, Ha'isa, Malach of Mechat. If you take the water that was mixed with the red heifer, the ashes of the red heifer, and you used it, let's say you used it as a weight, counterweight. So you used it, so you disqualified it. Or you did work. You did work with the red heifer. Once you do work with it, that's it. It's disqualified. It could have been worth $10 million. So rare. You work with it once, it's useless. It's valueless. See? So Patim and any other, I can't, in court, why? Because he can't tell any damage. Well, Hezek, Shane, and Nikar. He can't tell any damage. Show me the damage. It's intangible. The ruin is terrible. It's colossal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's worthless now. Mm-hmm. You know how hard it was to get this red heifer and his ashes and the water, and now you ruined it and destroyed it, but there's nothing I can do. Show me the damage. So in the court of law, I can't hold you responsible. Hashem is going to hold you responsible. Hashem knows what you've done. The terrible, terrible damage that you've done. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like a, also like psychological psychological can measure and sees and sees that damage. Hashem will hold you responsible. But you can then there's another case, a second case. You learn the If you place poison in front of the animal of your friend and the animal eats the poison, I can't hold you responsible because why is the animal eating poison? It's not food. But in the hands of heaven, Hashem knows what you've done, and therefore he'll, he'll, he'll hold you accountable. A third, if you send a fire in the hands of a deaf mute and a deranged person and a minor, and they blew, and they f- and the fire, they blew on the fire and they expanded the fire and they and it caused damage. It destroyed the, the objects of your friend. Because I didn't light the fire, but I caused it indirectly. I gave it to someone who's irresponsible, and then he, he blew up the fire, and then it went and ruined and destroyed. And there's a fourth case. If you scare your friend, you frighten your friend. You're playing a prank on him. And you frighten, you scare the, day, the, the daylights out of him. So, you're exempt. You're exempt from the, in the court because I didn't do anything. I didn't physically touch him. But Hashem knows the damage that you've done, the trauma that you've caused, the damage. You've and then there's a fifth case. Your, your barrel broke. You slipped, you fell, it broke in the middle of the street. And you didn't remove, you didn't remove it. You're saying, you know what? <laughs> it's not mine anymore. It's useless. I'm leaving it here. Enough lagamla. His camel fell. He didn't pick up his camel. He left his camel there lying down in the middle of the street. And someone else came and tripped in it and got hurt. Mayor says, you're liable to pay for the damage in the court of law. And the rabbis disagree. The majority opinion is, 
in court, you're not liable. But in the hands of heaven, you're liable. But Rabbi Shua is one of the rabbis. He disagrees with Rabbi So why doesn't Rabbi Shua add these other five cases? He said, there are four cases. That's it. I just brought you another five examples. The mother answers in, yes. There are many, many cases. He's not... So why, if he just wants to bring an example, a sample, just bring one. Why bring four? We just have nine cases. Why bring four out of nine? Because these four I need. Because each one of them, there's a novelty. I would think. In these four cases, I would think. that maybe even in the hands of heaven, you should be exempt. So that's where he comes to teach me. That's where he comes to teach me now. That even, in that, that even in these four cases, Hashem will hold you liable. Why? Why are these four cases different? So the explains. The first case, when you break the wall down, which enables the animal, the animal to escape and to do damage, and the novelty is, I would think, we discussed, we're talking about a wall that's headed for demolition. And I did, I did the owner a favor for demolishing his wall. So since the wall is headed for demolition, what did I do? Anyway, the owner is about to demolish it. I did him a favor. You're holding me responsible? Why should Hashem hold me responsible? He should give me a thank you. He should give me a bonus, yes. The hands of heaven, since you caused the animal to get out, Hashem will hold you responsible for that. You don't have to pay for the wall. And for the wall, maybe you did him a favor. <laughs> but... You didn't do him a favor because it held the animal. In the second case, okay, we said that there's a there's a wind, an unusual wind, but still the unusual wind wouldn't have the fire would not have reached even with the unusual wind had he not bent over the the stalks in the direction of with an unusual wind is bringing the fire. So not me, Mate, I would think, lame, you can say, how do I know? Why, can I, why should I anticipate that an unusual wind will bring the fire to the... So therefore, even the hands of heaven, I should not, I should not be held responsible. That, that who, asked you to, who asked you to bend the stalks? You caused, you caused the stalks to catch on fire, to ruin and destroy the stalks. So Hashem will hold you responsible. Well, and even that he says that he covered the stalks he covered means why did he cover it because he put something on it that bent it over so, so therefore now he exempted the, the one who lit the fire from paying for the damage because it's hidden so why would I think you shouldn't be responsible in the hands of heaven I would think what did I do all I did was I covered it what did I do I didn't damage and I covered it for you. I covered it. I thought I'm protecting. I see a fire. So I covered it. It's some protection for your stalk. I was trying to help you. <laughs> so and Hashem should blame me. Hashem looks into my heart. My intention was noble. I was a liberal. I tried to help. Are you burnt the house down? No, but I'm, I'm, I tried to help. <laughs> Hashem says, no, 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 I'm sorry. Look at the results. <laughs> Look at what a disaster you've brought. You're such a disaster. Look at the results and Hashem is going to hold you responsible. I don't care how noble your hearts are and how noble your intention is. The bottom line is you caused ruin and destruction. 
That's all that matters at the end of the day. And with that criteria, they should throw all these bums out. Okay. And the fourth case, if you hire false witnesses. I would think, I'm sorry, the, the third case. He says, listen, yeah, I hired him. But who should he listen? Should he listen to me? Should he listen to Hashem? So it's the witness's fault. You, you know, just because I hired you, you're going to go against Hashem and testify falsely? So I shouldn't be responsible at all. I was testing you. I'm testing you. Could you be bought off or not? What's your price? You're not listening to Hashem because of a few dollars, a few shekel. So Hashem should not hold me responsible. No. They, Hashem will take care of them because they shouldn't have listened to you. Yes. But we're still holding you responsible. You incentivize them to, to testify falsely. In the fourth case, right there, I would think, if you know with testimony, you refuse to testify. Why, why are you holding me responsible? You're saying that maybe if I te- remember, we said it's one witness. If I testified against him, I would false. He would have to swear to corroborate his side. Maybe he wouldn't want to swear falsely. So maybe he would have confessed. Who says? Who says? Who says he would have confessed? Maybe he would have sworn falsely. If he can lie. If he can claim his faults, he can also swear falsely. Maybe he's psychotic, maybe he's a politician, he can lie with a straight face, couldn't care less. Swearing. Hashem will hold you responsible. Okay, very nice. But the other five cases, all the other five cases, obviously, Hashem will hold you responsible. You poison, you poison, you poison the animal, you ruin, you ruin the red heifer, you ruin the water. So precious, it's priceless. You send fire in the hands of an irresponsible, in the hands of a deaf mute and a deranged person and a minor. You scared your friend and you, you caused damage. Yeah, you didn't touch him, but you, you, you scared the daylights out of him. Of course, Hashem is going to hold you responsible. You broke something in the street and you don't clean up. You think you're just going to walk away? And someone gets hurt, or Hashem won't hold you responsible. So there it goes without saying. He doesn't need to tell me this. Rabbi Shu is saying a novelty. These four cases are not. Okay. It says now, Mishnah, that if the owner closes the door of the pen appropriately, and then it broke open, Balaila, middle of the night, she put to a list, and bandits came and opened it, and the sheep went out and did damage, the owner is exempt, because he acted responsibly. It wasn't my fault. It was out of my hands. In the middle of the night, the wall suddenly collapsed. Or, or bandits came and opened it. It's not my problem. I have no way of knowing that. No way of anticipating that. Oh, but Rabbi Rabbi said, that what caused the wall to fall down? How did the wall, how did the wall fall down in the middle of the night on its own? No. The animal dug. He was a Hamas animal. He was digging a tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> and he caused the wall to fall down. See, the animal didn't dig and cause the wall to fall down, just fell by itself. What? Why? What are we talking about? If you're going to say, like what's a rabbi telling me? If the wall just happened to fall down, 
then the owner is liable. How, how did it, why? Eli, if you're going to say, because somebody, if it's a healthy wall, a solid, strong wall, if it fell on its own, why, why do I hold the owner responsible? How should he anticipate? He did everything, everything that was right. He followed the code, he did everything by the code. He didn't cut any corners, he did everything right, and he just fell. So it's not my problem. Mm-hmm. can't hold me responsible. <laughs> Mahabalit, what can he do? He can't do any more. He did everything that he asked him to do. Ella, surely, because we're talking about a wall, a rickety wall. And therefore, if it fell and the animals escape and, and damage, he's liable. So, Kichatra, my potter, if that's the case. Then why, if the animal dug and caused the wall to collapse, why should the owner be exempt? He was reckless. He left a rickety wall. With one push, one touch, the whole wall collapses. So he, he acted in negligently. He's, of course he should be held responsible. On my part, why would he be exempt in that case? Even though the wall didn't fall down as a result of the animal digging. But we have a rule. That if Trilase, if it in the outset, initially, you acted negligently, even though at the end it happened accidentally, you're responsible. You take ownership of whatever happens, it's your fault. So, there is an opinion that holds no. We look at the fact. The bottom line is that the end result didn't happen through negligence, it happened by accident. So, fine. So, therefore, it makes sense. So even though he is responsible, he left a rickety wall, but at the end of the day, the wall collapsed because of something unusual, the, the animals digging a tunnel. So the, he, that was completely unanticipated. So therefore, that's why he's exempt. That makes sense. What Rabbi is saying. According to opinion that holds. And he gets the Allah. Michael Why would the animal, why would the owner be exempt? Well, rather, Masnis in the Mishnah that says that the owner of the animal is exempt for paying for the damages if the wall fell down. He's talking about because the body, the wall was a solid wall. And even if the animal did not dig. Because the, what, 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 else could the, what else could the owner do? So what did Rabbi mean? What did Rabbi, when Rabbi said, we're talking about, the mission is talking about a case where the animals dug. He's not referring to this case. He's referring to the last case of the mission. It says over there, it says over there, if he leaves the animal, or he hands over the animal to the care of the deaf mute, the range person and the minor, and then the animal goes out and does damage, then he's chayim. So the Abba said, Even if the animal dug a, dug a hole and escaped by the hole, chayim. Meaning, not only in the case where the animal didn't dig, it just, it just, it just walked out. Because he left it in the sun, the heat. He couldn't take the heat, so, so it barged out. That's such a case, it's totally pshia. The whole thing was, was negligent. You handed it over to someone who can't protect it. You left it out in the sun, and the, the, the animal is very uncomfortable, and it just gets so barged out, and it did damage. Of course, you're liable. Even in the case, 
even if the actual damage came as a result of something unanticipated, something like an accident, unanticipated, the animal should dig a hole and cause, undermine the wall. I would think, and there is opinion that holds that it's exempt. Marshmallow and the Kulapshia he is. That's what he's saying. Even that opinion would also hold here. It's unanimous. Everyone holds that the owner is responsible. Why? Because the whole thing is negligent. My time. The the damage he says, the owner of the animal. May the you died, you knew. The Kivan, the Shafts Since you knew you left the animal in the sun, the animal is extremely uncomfortable. So called Tatzdika, the Isla, the Mevet of the Venafka, it's going to do whatever it can to escape its situation, including digging tunnels. So therefore, it's your fault. You caused it by leaving it in the sun. Anything that happens, you, it's to be expected. There's no accidents here. You can't say it's unanticipated. It is anticipated. What do you think the animal is going to do? The animal wants it's self-preservation. The animal wants to survive. It can't stand being in the sun to eat. It's getting a, a sunstroke. So we'll do whatever it can to remove this in, this, 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 uncomfort, this lack of this, this is discomfort. So it's going to dig. So you're responsible for it. Okay. It says now, Mishnah, it's you, listen, um, but if the bandits took out the animal, let the animal out directly, if they just break the wall down, the animal goes out, so it's indirect. So the, the bandits are exempt. And the owner is exempt. But if they literally pull the animal out of out of its stockade, and, and then it went and did damage, then they're responsible. We continue on 56 beef, talking about a pshita, obviously. They stole it. What do you mean? They stole it. They own it. The moment you pull it out of the, of the owner's domain, you take responsibility. Whatever happens, it's yours. Even if you're watching it and you use the animal without permission, you become a ganav, and then whatever happens, it's yours. Even if an accident happens, it's your animal. You have to restore the animal. So what's the Mishnah coming to teach me? Obviously. Why would I think otherwise? Chambile, you're responsible for everything. We don't need this. Only in the case. The Chambile, Bapo. It stood in front of the animal and therefore forced it, it didn't it blocked its way when you were blocking the way. So they forced the animal to go eat from the stalks. But they didn't actually pull it. It's not like a gun if we physically pulled it. He just blocked its way. There's no way to eat. The only way to go to eat, they had to go leave leave the barn and go and go and go leave the leave the farm, whatever, and go eat. Someone else's. Uh, so it's indirect. So you would think, hey, I didn't, I didn't do anything. That's what he's coming to teach me that you are liable. said. In the name of Masna, said in the name of Rav, if you lead your animal right on top of the stalk of your friend, and the animal goes ahead and eats the stalk, the one who plays in it is liable. So the, the question is over there also. What do you mean, Maimut? If physically he takes the animal and leads him to the stalk, obviously, you don't have to feed the stalk and put it in his mouth. 
leading him and putting him right in the stalk. <laughs> of course, the animal's going to go ahead and munch on the stalk. I mean, of course, he'll lie. What else is the animal going to do? Again, he didn't, he didn't lead, physically lead the animal. He just blocked its path. The only way out was to go to the stalk. So he caused it to go to the stalk. And that's what he's coming to tell me, that it's the equivalent of him physically leading the animal to the stalk. So by blocking is access to food. And the only way out is by leaving. So it's, like, it's the equivalent, that's the Chiddush. The Mishnah is the equivalent of pulling him out and therefore you're liable for, responsible for all of them. You explained it out. It's talking about he hit, he hit the animal with a stick. And the Chiddush is that hitting with a stick is the equivalent of pulling. Whatever gets the animal to move, so I can pull it physically. I hit it with a stick, and also gets the same. The result is the same. So it's like pulling, but you have to pull. If you don't pull, if you just stand in its way and cause it indirectly to go, you're not responsible for the. So they, according to this, we'll explain our Mishnah list him nami not blocking, standing in its way is not enough. But if they hit it, they hit, they hit it with the stick, and therefore he tried to escape his with the wax, tried to escape the beating. So that's why we say it's considered as if they pulled it out, and therefore they're responsible for all the damages as a result. Okay. It says now Mishnah that once you hand off, the owner hands over the sheep, the flock to the shepherd. The shepherd now replaces the owner; he's held responsible. In the yeshiva, they said, "Pacht of the mat." When you say that the shepherd is now responsible, he's in the place. In the place of who? Who does he replace? Elaim, if you're going to say, "Pacht of the bal You already said it before. You said it earlier. Once you hand over the the uh, uh, the owner of the animal hands over the animal to his bailey, who's now who's doing him a favor to watch, who's getting paid to watch, uh, renter, Barbara. He replaces the owner. He's responsible for damages. So if you're telling me that the owner gives her over to the shepherd, the shepherd is like a shamer. So obviously, why do you have to tell me again that he's responsible? Ella, rather, the Mishnah means tacht of the shamer. The owner gave it to the watcher, the watcher of the Bailey. And the watcher gave it over to the shepherd. And what's the Chiddush? The Chiddush of the Mishnah is He has a right to hand it over to the shepherd. We find an argument we're going to learn in the next tractate, but Metziah, there's an argument. If a shaymer hands over to another shaymer, if you're responsible or not, who's responsible? Is, it, is the first one exempt? He's out of the picture? I gave it over to another mature adult to watch for you. So I don't, I'm not responsible anymore. Or not. Because you can argue, the owners say, I, I trusted you, I don't trust this other guy who gave you a right to hand it over to someone else, a stranger. I, didn't, I, I trust you, not him. Or, the shaman has to swear. I trust you when you swear. 
your word is gold. The other person, I don't know, maybe he's a psychotic, maybe he's a, a liar, a liar, swear falsely. I mean, I have no faith in his. So therefore, the shaymer is still responsible. The other one says, no, I hand it over to another mature adult who's liable for if it's lost or stolen, or if it's negligent. So therefore, I'm out of the picture. My hands are clean. It's now between the owner and the second shaymer. So according to your explanation of our Mishnah, this proves the point that the sh- you are allowed to give it over. That's what he's saying. Once you give it over to the shepherd, he's the second one. Mm-hmm. So the first shame is out of the picture. Now it's between the owner and the, and the, and the shepherd. So this refutes it over who said, He said that the law follows, the law follows that you're liable, you have no right to get having that over to another person. So why is the first shaymet out of the picture? And the whole responsibility is now in the shepherd. You might answer, will tell you, my muscle, what does it mean he handed over? That the watcher handed over to the shepherd. We're talking about Labarzile. His student. It's his apprentice. When you hand over, when you ask me to wash it for you, that means the way I normally watch. Not just me. I have a whole, a whole, a whole group here that's watching. It's helping me. He's my helper. So if I gave it over to my helper... You can't have any complaints. Even, even if you hold that one shamer can't give it over to another, not a stranger. That was part of the deal. I don't have to sit personally and watch it. You trust me. I have my whole staff. It's me and my staff. He's part of my staff. But what the mission is saying, that when he hands it over to Barzile, to his staff, now the staff member is responsible. Staff member can say, well, you're the one. No, no. You're a mature adult. I handed it over to you. You have to make sure that there's no damage. It doesn't go out and damage. If it does, it's coming out of your paycheck. It's coming out of your pocket. Right. But the first owner can't have any complaints. It's now between the first owner and my help. You get the others answer. And the others others learn learn what we just said as follows. He says it handed over to the shepherd. He doesn't say hand it over to another person. On the contrary, that's how he initially understood it according to this version. If, if the point of the Mishnah is that if I hand it over to someone else, the shaman hands it over to someone else, to anyone, so why does it have to be a shepherd? Since he says a shepherd, means it's his shepherd. Barzile, his worker, his staff member. Therefore, only in this case do we say that the staff member is now responsible if he doesn't watch the sheep and goes out and or the oxen goes out and does damage. And now it's between the the owner and the and the oxen and the uh, and the staff member, his shepherd, and he has no complaints. The owner can have no complaints to the to the first uh, bailey. If he gives it over to a stranger or a third party, then he's not out of the picture because the owner is like Rav said. I gave you no permission to hand it over to a third party. I hold you responsible. So the Messiah, this proves Rav's point. The reason why he says Raya is because this is the normal way of things. Because a shepherd gives it over to his uh, his apprentice, his student, his, his staff member to watch. 
But halachically, there really is no difference. Maybe the halacha would be, even if you give it to a stranger, it would be the same halacha. Because a shaman has the right to give it over to another shaman. You trust me. You trust me, you don't trust me. I'm a mature adult, you trust me. I would trust my items with this stranger. To you, it's a stranger. To me, he's not a stranger. He's the most, to me, I would trust him, my life with him. You trust me, you don't trust me. Treat me like an adult. If you trust me, you ask me to watch. I, I'm not degrading you watching him. I enhanced it. He's better than me. So, the, so therefore, it will also be the same Allah. Now it's between the owner and the, and the shepherd or the other party. Mm-hmm. We learn. Someone who's watching a lost item. You picked up, you found the Jew lost an item, you found it, and you have an obligation, a positive commandment and a prohibition. You have to take care of it and restore the owner, restore it to the owner. But while you're watching this lost item, until you restore it to the owner, what halacha do you have? You have a halacha of shemechinim, you're only responsible if it was negligent. If you were negligent, but if you weren't negligent and got lost or stolen, I don't have to pay back the owner. I'm doing him a favor. What, 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 am I getting paid for this? I'm, I'm taking my time, taking my effort, I'm watching your lost item for you. It's like a Bailey who's doing you a favor, who's watching it for free. The only thing the Torah holds you responsible for is your negligent. If I left the door open and it got lost, of course, you have to act like a mature adult. You can't say, well, it's not mine, I don't care. No, you have to take care of it. But if it was lost or stolen, it's not my responsibility. Am I going to hire guards? Am I going to get an alarm system just to, for your item? You are getting paid. But it will explain. What's the reason? What do you mean? Why would Rabbi Yisuf say that, that you're getting paid? How are you getting paid to watch someone's item that you're responsible if it's lost or stolen? What benefit am I gaining? Am I gaining a benefit? Just a pain in the neck. I'm just doing you a favor. What, what benefit am I getting? You are getting a benefit. The benefit If a poor person comes knocking at your door, when you watch someone's lost item, you have to take care of it. Not just watch it. You have to make sure it doesn't rot, doesn't spoil. Every once in 30 days, you have to take and open the book, ear it out. You know, you have to take care of it. So it doesn't mean that you don't have the all the schnarrers come to your door for those as long as you're watching it. I don't, I don't have to give tzedakah. I'm busy watching it. No, you do one mitzvah. No, it doesn't mean if I'm doing one mitzvah, I never have to do any other mitzvahs. So uh, you know, as long as I don't find the owner for the next hundred days, I'm exempt from mitzvahs. I'm busy with a mitzvah. You're not busy. What, what are you busy with? It's locked in your safe. What are you busy exactly? Well, I'm busy with a mitzvah. Exempt from another mitzvah. I'm busy with a mitzvah. I don't have time for both. So as long as I'm busy with one mitzvah, the Torah says you don't have to do another mitzvah. We're talking about in, at the moment you are busy. There are times you will be busy with the lost item. You have to ear it out. You have to take care of it. So at that moment, when you're earing it out or you're taking care of it, if a poor person knocks on your door, hey, I'm busy. Thank God I don't have to give the shnara, I don't have to give him tzedakah today. So I'm getting reward. I'm saving that tzedakah money. So because of that reward, that's why you're a shameless sucker. You're getting paid. You're getting a benefit for watching this lost item. And therefore, you're responsible if it's lost or stolen. Not only, even if there's no negligence. But if it's lost or stolen, it's your responsibility. Yes, hire a guard because you're, you're, you're getting benefit for it. You have a shameless sucker.
Others explain the reason Rabbi Yisav is Amar Kashem Yisachad Ami Mekiven the Rachmana Shibde Bal Karche Hilkashem Yisachad. Shem Achinam is it's optional. I'm volunteering to watch your item for you. I'm doing you a favor. I'm being a good Samaritan. So in that case, I can't hold you responsible for anything. You're just doing me a favor. As long as you're not negligent. Mm-hmm. Only in the case of extreme negligence, that, that, then, well, then of course you have to pay me. Just, just because you're doing me a favor doesn't give you a right to act like an animal without the, yeah, you're a mature adult. In fact, responsible. But here, it's not voluntary. You don't have a choice. The Torah obligates you to watch the item. So yes, you're not getting paid, but I, I must watch it for you. So if you must watch it, the Torah says you have to watch it correctly. You have to make sure that nothing happens to it. It doesn't get lost, doesn't get stolen. Mm-hmm. And if it gets lost or stolen, you're obligated. So you're paid okay. Right. And lost, by the way, I don't remember where I put it. It's not an excuse. <laughs> lost. I gave you to, you have to watch it until you restore it to me. Hashem, Hashem obligated you. That you're enjoying the mitzvah, you're getting the benefit, you're fulfilling a positive commandment, you're fulfilling a prohibition. You're not violating a, not violating a prohibition. We'll continue a whole bunch of questions and opinion of Rabbi and Rabbi Yisuf to be continued. Everyone have a wonderful